Salvation Solutions. We are here again. I am Aviance. I'm Aramis Fournier. And I am Damaris Johnson. And we are here to talk about everything that's happening right now with the climate of, of our country, of our community. So let's just dive in. Right. So I know that this is voting season. How does everyone feel about what's going on around here? <laughs> well, it's very interesting. I mean, when you bring up voting, I think the first thing we need to talk about is, is the, um, the whole idea of voter suppression and what's happening, the campaigns that's going on to get uh, specifically black America out to vote. And, you know, to me, and to be quite frank, some of it is downright uh, coercive. Some of it is playing upon the fears of black America. Mm -hmm. Some of it is, is making, um, making or, or demonstrating the idea that black folk can't think for themselves. You know, stuff like vote or die. You know, vote as if your life depends on it. You know, uh, vote as it, vote Vote as if your ancestors, you know, die. I mean, I get all that. I get all that. But you ain't got to try to curse me. You ain't right. got to try to strike fear in my heart. <clears throat> you got if, if if you know if we don't get out and vote, then then that means that means my life is first of all my life is not dependent upon who's in the White House. My life is not solely dependent upon that. Right. Whether or not I eat steak or I don't eat is not dependent on solely dependent on who's in. And they know this. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, yeah, so let's on. let's say this. So you say that, you know, they don't have to co cohere people to vote. However, yeah. in my day, I see that, the honestly, the only time that I felt that our community really came out and vote was when we had a black man running. Right. right. So now that we don't have a black man running <laughs> and you have a woman who is, you know, she can become the vice president, but black people even feel a certain way about her. Right. So when you have two white men What's really going to get us out there? Right. So, do you have to kind of say, "Hey, vote or die"? Like, do you think that's kind of where they have to go? Well, no. I think I think it's going overboard. I think the proper way to do it would be like this: Well, you say to me and you present to me, "This is what this candidate is going to do for Black America. This is what this candidate is going to do for Black America. You need to get out and vote for the one that's going to do the most for Black America, or that's going to be more beneficial to Black America. That's all you should do." But when you try to, you know, again, strike fear in my heart, play on my dependency, play on my fears, mm -hmm. play on my desperateness of, you know, because of my situation. Now, to me, you're being you're being intrusive. You're being um, just as uh, uh, coercive as, you know, the people who you're accusing of being voter suppressors. You know, the point is, I mean, we need to get out and vote. That's not the issue. Mm -hmm. But I just think some of the tactics that, that the Democrats are using, some of the tactics that the Republicans use to suppress, all of it is, is, is out of order. So for, for black America, though, you know, we need to get out and vote. But again, but again, I go back to this question. What are we voting for? What, what, are, we, what are we voting for? What are we getting for our vote? Yeah. You know, it's at the point now they just want Trump <laughs> out. And I understand that. I understand that. But just because we get one out and we put another one in, what's the difference for black America? Right. Some people actually feel as if Biden might be the more evil that we just don't. I, I know. I mean, when you look at his track record, it, it's it's almost as, as if they they the way that they promote, you know, voting and get out there and register and all that stuff as if voting is going to be the solution to all of it. <laughs> right. Like your right. vote right. and putting someone in office is going to alleviate all of the problems that you face from here on out. As long right. as we get the right person in office. Right. right? right. But I mean, none of that is going to in my mind, start or end with the president. It, it, it has to begin with, like we discussed in, in, in the first the, uh, the first time we met, it, it has to start with the mindset of the black community. Right. 
Right. Until that's fixed, it, it doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter who's not in office. It doesn't matter. It, it, we have the power to put who we want in any office. If we take hold of that power and, and, and wield it, Right, right. That's what's going to create the change that we want to see. And you're right. Until until we get to the place to where we unify, we come together, and we have we have some skin in the game, so to speak. Yeah. Right now, neither one of them are for Black America. What Black America got to understand: white white supremacy and racism is built into the white culture. There's degrees of it. Like you might have one that's overt, and the other one's covert. You have one that's at the lowest degree, one that's the highest degree. The bottom line to it is still a degree of racism, and that's what we have in most cases when it comes to the candidates. Right. So. We got we to gotta recognize that and, and really get down to what it's really all about. Politics is designed to put a certain um, class of people in control of the resources of the earth so that they can have the type of society that they want to see. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, neither one of them have the best interest in mind for black America. So, again, we get out and vote because, again, our ancestors you know, sacrificed and we fought for that right. But but don't make it sound as if I don't get out and vote, my life gonna be hell. Right, right. That my life that I'm not gonna be able to the way know, overcome. Listen, yeah. even if we get four more years of Trump, guess what? We'll be okay. We'll survive. We'll survive. Mm -hmm. Black folk gonna survive. If black folk can survive slavery, mm -hmm. if they can survive Jim Crow, if they can survive redlining, if they can survive any all the economic oppression and exclusion. We can survive with another four years of Donald Trump. That's true. However, I see the I see the other side where somebody may say, "Yeah, we may be able to survive, but well, my sons, you know, because when you think about police brutality and everything like that, and then when you have a president that tells white supremacy, stand by. Yeah, yeah. So no. it's like, yeah, we'll survive as a people, but will my son still be here in the next four years if this president doesn't even do anything about what's happening? Well, that's so, where, but that's where that's where we as a people have to unify, and it don't matter who's in the White House. Mm -hmm. You got to do something about this. Yeah. Something has to be done. And that, that ultimately gets us to, to what we really, what it really comes down to, and that's, that's salvation. Salvation is the solution. Jesus is the model for a government official and how he governs. When you have people who, uh, or presidency or anybody in government who says, who says to white supremacists, stand down or stand by, stand back and stand by, you know, that, that is definitely demonic. That's definitely wrong to say. Mm -hmm. But you, you have to have government officials who know how to, who know how to model um, what Jesus modeled and who know how to execute plans to initiate judgment and justice in the land. That's why we as a church, we got to get to the point where we don't see Jesus as a religious figure, but we see him as a government official. Now, we can have an example to look at a government official when we call ourselves supporting them. You know, most, most Christian folk, uh, evangelical folk, they Republican folk. Mm -hmm. uh, did I tell you about the story about about, about uh, a friend of mine? I had a friend of mine, <laughs> friend of mine I was talking to, <laughs> and it's funny. It's sad, but it's funny. Friend of mine I was talking to, and um, and he asked me. Uh, we were talking about the, the one of the debates, and um, he said, "Well, I made a comment in, re in reference to one of the one of the one of the candidates and something one of the, one of the, that they said, and he was like, "Oh, you 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 sound like you are a Republican." I said, "No, I'm not a Republican." So what are you, a Democrat? I said, no, I'm not a Democrat either. I said, well, you got to pick one. Yeah, you did say Why? that. Uh -huh. I got to pick, I do? <laughs> I, I have to pick one. I'm independent, bro, I'm independent. You know, the mindset is just because I'm black, I got to be Democrat. Mm -hmm. And if I say anything, disagree with anything that a, a, a Democratic candidate says, then that makes me a Republican. No, 
No, none of them, none of them have the 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 um the likeness or the characteristics that Jesus demonstrated to a T. None of them have them in, in all of its fullness. So there's gonna be saying things that you know a Republican candidate or a Democratic candidate might say that I might not agree with. That don't not make me uh, in agreement with or not make me going to vote for this particular individual because I don't agree with everything that they say. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just hard to have these kind of conversations with, uh, specifically with, with, with black folk because, because they're so democratically, um, they, they pledge their allegiance historically to the Democratic Party. And, 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 and in some cases, it might be fine and dandy. But listen, I know how to think. I don't need you to think for me. I don't think you try to coerce me. I don't, think, I don't need you to try to use fear and, and, and that's how they feel about black America. They really don't think we can think for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, salvation, salvation puts, puts the, um, the focus back on the people and not on the politicians. And I think that's what really needs to change. Well, okay, so then let me ask you this question. They yeah. don't feel as if black America can, can think. You know that we have different mindsets mm-hmm. among us. Do you feel as if we would choose the right thing for ourselves? Not saying that they they will, but do you think that we can actually come together and choose what's right for us? Well, what's difficult about that is we don't really have anybody, any candidates that's for us. Like, like when you listen to the debate, what about black America comes up? What about the conversation comes up? Reparations ain't came up not one time, right? Uh, you know, closing the wealth gap ain't came up not one time. Redistribution of wealth hasn't came up one time. The only thing that came up was the Breonna Taylor. Bri- right, and and that's that's very legitimate. Mm-hmm. But but and then what they say of how they're going to reform the police's policing isn't really detailed. It's all just semantics. It's, it's all just it's general. It's vague, and they're just using a lot of rhetoric. You know, it's really got to get down to Black America. Uh, I like what I like what Puff Daddy's doing. He's created a um. He's called it's called our our Black Party, where his his idea is to is to produce systemically. Remember, if you're not putting systems in place mm-hmm. to deal with issues, you're not serious. Right. See, God put systems in place so that those systems could perpetuate a particular outcome consistently. Right. So Puff is talking about putting, um, reproducing or producing and generating a black politicians that have a black agenda. So what he wants to do is systemically um, you know, nurture and develop and identify men and women who can be political figures in our communities and then get behind them, educate them, strengthen them, put them in positions of authority and power, starting with your local government all right on up to the national government. This is what black America needs to connect to. An organization like that, and we groom and we breed and we produce our own political leaders. And then when it's time for it, put them in position, we get, we get behind them and we take 45, 55 million votes and we put it on that candidate because right. because he we have some skin in the game now. Right. So when it talks about, you know, when you ask me the question, we I mean, really we don't have anybody that's really for black America. We need somebody that's for black America. Salvation's focus is has always been and will always be on the poor. Unfortunately, at this time, and that's going to change, black America fits the criteria to have the focus of society, of federal government, of leaders, because we're, we're the poorest, um, we're the leaders in single pa- single family homes, mm-hmm. um, we're we're the leaders in you know when it comes to lack of education, mm-hmm. um, we're the leaders in you know uh, our 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 children being fatherless, incarceration, right? and, and what, what does the Bible talk about? Focusing on the poor, the needy, the widows, and the fatherless, right? So the focus should be Black America. 
literally the governmental agencies of our country need to be focused on black. I'm talking about the focus based on our biblical precedent. The church focus when we as Pentecostals, evangelicals, you know, Baptists, whatever. When we think about our government officials, our first priority should be who are they focused on? If they're not focused on the poor, the needy, the widows, the fatherless, then they're not the candidate for us to be supported. That's Bible. That's how it works. So, you know, salvation, salvation, um, in Psalm 3, verse 8, it talks about salvation belongeth unto God, and the blessing is upon his people. That blessing is designed to make us rich, according to Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and that is no sorrow. So economics has always been a part of our salvation. And when we talk about salvation being the solution, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about taking what God has given us from the word and applying it to our life in a very practical way. Salvation belongs to God. What's salvation? It's wealth creation, it's health maintenance, it's deliverance, it's protection, and it's wholeness. That's the essence of salvation. And that's what we should be demonstrating. And that's what we should be preaching. That's what we should be putting in practice, practically in the lives of those who we're called to minister to. It's focusing on the economics. How can we as a church stand here and watch the wealth gap between black America and white America increase over the last 50 years or 60 years when we're supposed to have civil rights movements and things like that to bring it in all of that, but it's increased. How can we as a church say we've been doing what God has called us to do? We can't. We can't. We can't say we've been doing what God, what God has had us to do. That's why I had to write the book. <laughs> so, okay. Because I, I, I definitely want to get into the book because right, there's, there's right. things in there that we can dissect. But when you say that, you know, for the last 50, 60 years, church hasn't really been doing much, what is tying our hands? Is it, again, that we don't have a leader, we don't have someone in place? Like, what is it that the church feel like their hands are so tied? Well, I think the big issue is, the leadership. You got to start with leadership. The Bible says, they that lead thee cause thee to error. So it has to start with the focus of, of really what, what we've been demonstrating, what we've been preaching as, as it relates to the gospel and as it relates to presenting Jesus as he presented himself. Paul said it like this in Romans, the first chapter, verses 16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God for what? Unto salvation. Salvation is the end. Salvation is the end. Salvation is the end for which we preach the gospel. Economic empowerment, I mean, wealth creation, health maintenance, deliverance, protection, wholeness. Salvation is the end. Well, we haven't preached to get our people to the end. We're really preaching to entertain them. We're really preaching to, and, and when I'm talking salvation, I'm, just, I'm not talking about somebody coming up to the altar and repeating a prayer after you and then going back and living the way they've been living the rest of their life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody who, who is discipled, who's trained, who's equipped, who we focus on teaching them financial literacy and building them up economically and strengthening them and making sure that they're doing the right things to maintain their health and making sure that they're uh, involved in developing and growing into who it is God has called them to be. That's when we're talking about salvation, discipleship, training, equipping, empowering. That's salvation. Part of the problem is we don't focus on that, specifically in the black community because we, we're too entertainment-oriented. The church was supposed to be a place of learning. Well, you go to church to learn. Right, you go to worship, you go to sing, you go to dance, but eventually you got to sit your behind down, open up your Bible, take out your pen and your pad, take some notes, and learn how to work out your own salvation. Because if you don't learn to work out your salvation, you're going to come to Jesus, you're going to get yourself saved, you're going to be poor when you come to him, and when it's all said and done, you're still going to be poor. You're going to be sick, you're going to be unhealthy, you're going to be out of shape, and when you get on this end, it's going to be the same thing. So, so... How do you, 
because when you think about when you think about the black community, a lot of the mentality is, I don't have time to learn. I need to make money now, right? Yeah. No, I get that. You know what I mean? How how do you, I guess, so to speak, market salvation to someone with that mindset? Well, again, I think it goes back to the first thing we got to do. We we have to we have to present that message in general. Just present that message in the same way we market all the other stuff we market, prayer, you know, worship conferences. You know, we we market economic empowerment. That should be, you know, and I was telling a friend the other day, I went through a period, and as you guys know, well, I was really upset with the church from the standpoint of, why they didn't teach me this when I first got saved? Why didn't nobody talk to me about economic empowerment? Why didn't nobody talk, talk to me about wealth creation and building wealth? Why didn't nobody talk to me about entrepreneurship? Why, why the first thing people, you know, talk about is, you know, stop sinning and, you know, all that <laughs> other stuff. All that stuff is, that stuff is taken care of already. Talk to me about things that's going to help me practically overcome and be a better worshiper and a better. So I'm not sitting in service worried about how I'm going to pay my bill. I can focus on Jesus. Right. You know, so the, the, the point is, you know, as black America is stuck in this, 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 this area of lack and poverty, salvation is the solution for that. And until the white church and the black church present Jesus as a king who is an entrepreneur, who's one who looks to make one wealthy, according to uh, Hebrews 11, 6, 11, chapter verse 6, where it talks about he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Mm-hmm. That word rewarder, and I go into this in the book, which speaks to the natural reparative nature of God. He's a rewarder. That word rewarder there means remunerator. It's one who looks to make another wealthy. God is looking to make another wealthy. He said, you can't even walk with me. You can't even hang out with me right. if you don't believe I'm looking to make you wealthy. And we actually got some folks in the church who think poverty is holiness. Right. Who, who, who believe that, you know, money ain't important. Mm-hmm. When the Bible says, a feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but right. money answereth all things. Yeah. We can't be afraid of money. Yeah. The Bible says the love of money. That word love is the word avarice. It means to have a, an ungodly and evil, wicked mindset toward capitalizing on other people and abusing other people and misusing other people in order for you to gain wealth. Mm. That's, that's, that, has, that has its degrees, everything from slavery to the current perverted capitalistic system that we function in today. Hence, you take somebody like Amazon. They say Amazon right now can give each one of, every one of his employees a $100,000 bonus and still be the wealthiest man in the world. Mm-hmm. But he got folks working for minimum wage. That should be illegal. That should be illegal, but that's the perversion of capitalism. Mm-hmm. So we have, to, we have to see that, recognize that salvation is the solution. So we have to present the gospel to black America the way, what, what, who was the first people Jesus said he came to minister to? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he was known to me to preach the gospel to the poor. Mm-hmm. Those were the first ones he mentioned. His mission statement for ministry was to go to the poor. And what's good news to the poor? You ain't got to be poor no more, bro. Right. <laughs> I know how to get you out there poverty. Right. I know, beloved, above all things, I want you to prosper and be healthy. That's salvation. If we presented that gospel, if we presented that message to black America, then you'd have, you'd have more black America embracing the idea, you know, of, of, man, economic empowerment. That's what it's all about. That's what it's about. When we talk about it in the book, we're talking about, Obviously, we're talking about reparations. We're talking about the, the initial phase of getting black America where they should already be. 
And that's due to us not being granted uh, what we should have been granted when they let us go. Well, not now that you mentioned that, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, now that you mentioned that, I, I was reading through the book, and there was there was a, a portion in uh, chapter five where it talked about um, if an ox kills a man, then that family mm-hmm. needs to needs to get reparations, right? right. And I, I had a thought about the idea of social justice uh, that that has been kind of um, distorted or twisted, you know. Uh, Part of the reason that we have a lot of the laws and things that we have in place now was because of that distortion. People saying, oh, well, an eye for an eye, right? Mm-hmm. You you took from me, now I get to take from you instead of indemnifying or making whole, right? Mm-hmm. How, how, do we, how do we guard against uh, someone creating that argument against reparations? Mm-hmm. Well, well, two things. First thing is this. When you think about oppression and how God feels about the oppressor, and the injuries that occur to those who are oppressed, that, that should instantly trigger in one's mind that it's, it's not about me trying to get back at you, right. or it's not about me trying to go tit for tat for you. No, you've injured me. Mm-hmm. You've done me wrong. You've stolen from me. You've taken from me. And the, in the salvific nature of God, it's natural, it's, it's natural, as natural as breathing air for one who's injured another, one who's oppressed another, one who's taken away from another, ability to create wealth, ability to be fruitful and multiply, you've taken that away from me now. It's by nature for you to reparate, remunerate, recompense, make amends for what you've done. That's natural. That scripture, I think, is in, in Exodus somewhere. That, that's, that's been that way from the very beginning. It's natural, the salvific nature of God is to bring about reparations and recompensing and rewarding those who've been injured. So that's the first thing. So if you understand that about God, you wouldn't take the mindset of, oh, well, well, you're just trying to, you know, fit for tatter. You're trying to, you know, eye for an eye. Well, not necessarily, because the difference is you've injured me. You're not injured. You've actually gained right. based on how you've oppressed me. You know, so you, sh- you wouldn't have that. You, 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 I shouldn't say you wouldn't have it because you're going to have some folks who think like that. But once you present that truth to them in that way, then whether they want to receive it or not, it's on them. But you've just shown, shown them and share with them, listen, it's not, it's not about me trying to get back at you. You owe me, my man. You owe me. Like, you took from me. I didn't ask you to oppress me. Right. Like, especially when it comes to slavery. Like, you abused me. You misused me. You, you, you stole from me. The Bible talks about in Malachi, God going to bring swift judgment mm-hmm. upon those who oppress the hireling in their wages. Like, like, you didn't pay me for all that work. Like, we built this country. This economic uh, uh, mega machine that we have of, of America yeah. was built upon the backs of slaves. Right. Producing, picking the cotton, and, and pulling out the, uh, all of the different uh, things that the earth was bringing forth from, from the cotton to the sugar to all the things that was, that was being exported all over the world. It was all done by the hands and the backs of slaves. Mm-hmm. Coming up with, with, with engineering ideas to, to help make life easier for them in the cotton fields and in the sugar fields and, and all those other things. I mean, it, 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 it was hard, but we would come up with, black folk would come up with ways and inventions to make it easier, and the slave master would steal them, go patent it, and then start making money off, the, off selling the patent. It was, just, it was just bad. So now when I come and say to you, hey, you owe me? You gonna try to say I'm going eye for eye now? <laughs> no, that ain't how it works. That's not how it works. You owe me. You've injured me. You've stolen from me. Time to pay up. Yeah. So 
Speaking of salvation, reparation, and oppressor. So in your book, you talk about that Zacchaeus. Yeah. So he was an oppressor. Right. And because of salvation, he immediately saw that these people needed re- reparations for right. what he took. So right. go a little bit into that in your book. Well, well, this book is, and I and I've been going back and forth, and we actually got a um, we got a we got to make a a change here. So um, the book the book that we're talking about, uh, I initially had a mock title of God's Will, Black American Reparations, and so upon sending it to my editors, and the um. The book printer, they they got a hold of some of the content and they it really it gripped them. And we're talking about we're talking about white men here. You know, we're talking about white men that's you know that's been established and and been you know uh, uh, editing books and, and books to the church for 40, 50 years. And so the content the content really impressed them, and they felt so uh, moved by it that they thought this book should not just go to mainstream Christianity, it should also go to the mainstream society of society. And uh, unfortunately, whenever you put God on a title, uh, on the cover of a book, it you you actually turn off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So they said, Demers, can can we can we consider changing the name?" I said, I, "Listen, I'm not married to the name of the book, right? So I, I'm I'm all you know, just give me something good, though, right? You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so they called me back a couple of days later, and they came up. They said, "Well, we came up with eight different names, and we voted, and this is the order of the vote. The first one I didn't like at all. The one that won out, I didn't like at all. So I was like, yeah, scrap that. I said, well, what was number two? Number two was reparations now and why? Healing the racial tension in America. I said, that's it. Let's go with that one. So last week, I know we promoted God's Will, Black American Reparations, but we actually gonna, the book is going to have a different name. Uh, it's going to be reparations now and here's why, which speaks to how we're going to heal the racial um, tension in America today. So that, that is what that is about. Uh, Zacchaeus, again, one of the things that I bring out in the book is the natural inclination of God in our salvation. And the book is to believers, but it's for everybody. It's to black America, but it's for everybody. It's to white America, but it's for everybody, mm-hmm. right? So it's to U.S. government, but it's for everybody. So I want everybody to see, because everybody, even, even our U.S. government, invokes the name of God. When we say at the every, what the president said at the end of every speech, they say, may God bless America. Well, okay, you want to acknowledge God? We're supposed to be a nation that's built upon the principles of God? Okay, here go the principles of God right here. So Zacchaeus and the nature of salvation. Luke 19 is when Zacchaeus, um, who was a tax collector, which really was a code word or code name for extortioner, one who cheat, lie, false, accuse, whatever, charge people, whatever taxes, however they want to charge them. Under that Roman government, the tax collector, uh, in Zacchaeus' case, was over several provinces. He was like a chief tax collector. So he had maybe like three or four different cities that he was in charge of collecting taxes for the Roman government. And then the Roman government basically said, listen, I want you to bring me $100 worth of taxes from Aramis, right? And whatever you make, whatever you charge Aramis, on top of that, is yours. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, I need $200, Aramis. Honey, go to the Roman. Honey, go to my pocket. That's how the tax collectors did business, mm-hmm. right? That's how they, that's how they, and he would hire people to go do that to every individual household in the area. Like, they were, like, robbing and stealing from people, right? So Zacchaeus, when he says he's a tax collector, really, really didn't give you the insight to the evil that took place a lot of times. So here it was, Zacchaeus, who was the son of Abraham, as we found out later, wanted to see Jesus as he came through Jericho, and he climbed up in the tree. Well, the only words we get from Jesus initially is, 
he looks up, he sees us, sees Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, today I'm supposed to stay at your house. He goes, he hangs out with Zacchaeus. Doesn't say Jesus said a word to him. Next thing we know, Zacchaeus is saying, Lord, half my goods I give to the poor. If I've stolen anything from anybody, if I've accused anybody and put them on the false accusation, I return to them fourfold what I've taken from them. What's that but reparations? Zacchaeus recognized the injury he had placed upon those who he had stolen from, the poverty he had put them in, how he had taken things from them. And the only thing we realize and we recognize and we were giving um, clue to influence that wasn't what Jesus said to him. It was what Jesus said about him after he made that statement. He says, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house and to your heart. Not based on what Jesus said to him, but him experiencing G, who is salvation, but experiencing just experiencing the natural change that takes place. So we call ourselves a country that honors God, that looks to God. If we call ourselves a church that represents God and that love the Lord, then it's only natural for us to want black America, who suffered the worst injuries in the history of America, to be reparated. It's natural. It's not something we got to think about and something we got to meet about, something we got to come up with a different plan for. It's natural. So why is it so difficult? Why have we gone so long? Why have we not been fighting for this for years as a church? Because there's racism in the church. I know a lot of folk don't want to hear that. <laughs> I know a lot of folk don't like that. But it's in the church. The white societal influence in America has influenced the white societal or white American church. That's just what it is. No big deal. Everybody got their sin. Black church got its sin. White church got its sin. Green church got their whatever. Now let's just deal with it. Repent. I go into repentance. Like the Bible says, godly sorrow work of the repentance. We got we to gotta, we gotta get folks to feel a godly. We got to get folks to feel how God feels about racism and oppression and the economic exclusion that black I mean, We got to get people to feel how God feels. And, God, and I go through the varying emotions that God expressed. He expresses a tender affection and, and love. But then over in James, he talked about dealing with it as a, as a lord of war if you don't get this thing right. So God, I go through the uh, gamut of emotions that God expresses about the oppressor the oppressed, and the wickedness of their oppression. This is what the church should be fighting for. Uh, and, I, and I get it. We fight for the unborn. I ain't got a problem with that. But listen, I'm alive. <laughs> I need you to fight for me, just like you fight for the unborn. And, and, and that's cool. We can fight for the unborn. But you need to fight more. And what impression would that make on black America if they saw the white America and the white church, specifically, standing up and fighting for them to be reparated? That's revival. Now you're talking about revival. Mm -hmm. All this stuff you prophesying and you, you talking about and you screaming, now, you, now you're going to see it because that's going to that's give the black America a whole different perspective on, on the white church and even the black church. Even black church don't even fight for reparations. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the long version to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is, a, is one of, just one of the many we refer to, to to declare and demonstrate the natural inclination of God and what should be the natural inclination because it's, it's love that motivates God for salvation, right? God so loved the world he gave. Mm -hmm. Well, that same love has been shed abroad in our hearts. So if that love motivated God, then motivated Zacchaeus, it should motivate me and you. But I can't allow, or what stopped it, and this goes back to your question earlier too, Avi, was what has hindered the church from really preaching that message? Racism. 
Like, it's, it's in the church. Like, like uh, uh, Jamar Tisby is his name. It's called The Color of Compromise. You got to look at it. You got to look at it. You got to go look at The Color of Compromise. It deals with and it reveals the racist um, system that the church set up, that the church had. It deals with the racism historically throughout the church. And I know it's a, it's a tough conversation, but it's a reality. And until we face it, until we face it, one of the greatest revivals in the history of America was broken up due to racism. We call it the Azusa Street Revival. Mm-hmm. Brother William Seymour was the leader. White folks said, we can't follow that. So we're going to go start Assemblies of God. Y'all go start Church of God in Christ. But we can't, he can't lead us. Mm. Racism, that's what it was. So we have, to, we have to get to the place where we recognize that it is, it is prevalent in the church. But we got the power to deal with it. Let's deal with it. Now, let's, let's, let's express our godly repentance. The Bible says, godly sorrow worketh repentance, not to be repented of. Then it goes into the actions of godly sorrow and the repentance that's declared. See, the problem is America's never repented from the acts of slavery. They may have, they may have apologized, but that was just tokenism. That don't mean nothing. True repentance comes with a, with a, with a really a return to the original way of thinking that God had set for man, and that's to love man and to establish justice and judgment for everybody. Mm-hmm. See, and true repentance starts with, how did I injure you? Mm-hmm. What did I do to hurt you? How can I repent that injury? Well, guess what? You stripped me of all my economic capability. I haven't been able to build wealth since 1865. I haven't been able to do, you've oppressed me. You've redlined me. You've Jim Crowed me. You've sharecropped me. you black coated me. I can't do nothing as a whole. Mm-hmm. You got to fix that. So did you have something? I did. Go ahead. Uh, so so <laughs> what, what would you say? Sorry again. Uh, so, so what would you say to the argument on the other side? Let's say government comes out, we're going to make reparations, yada, 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 right? The perception from the other side is going to be, well, now I'm losing. What you're giving them is going to end up eventually taking away from the amount of money who's that them? I'm. Who's the other side? Anyone who's white folk. We right. can say it. White oh, folk. Okay. Well, white folk. Not uh, not minority Guess folk. What? Not my problem. Not my problem. Not my problem. I mean, you don't think that would start some not kind of problem. civil I, I, war? Or? I've had to tell folk already. That's not my problem. God right now is focused on Black America. That's what's on His heart. We go into the 400 years. I think you asked me that last 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 uh, podcast. It's 400. We go to the 400 year parallel, mm-hmm. right? It's just time for Black America. It's Black America's time. It's Black America's time. Right now, listen, not my problem. Got to raise somebody else up to deal with your situation. Right now, God is focused on this. That's it. I mean, not to be rude, bro. No, <laughs> I, mean, I am. It's, it's, it's very straightforward. Not my problem. Not, I'm not, proud not of you to issue. say that. Actually, yeah. not my issue. Yeah, not my issue right now. Mm-hmm. Just like it's just like it's just. Like, it's like it's just like what, what we're dealing with today with, with Ice Cube. Yeah. Because he met with because he met with he didn't meet with Trump. He just met with some folks. He didn't go to the White House. He just met with some representatives. Right. And his issue is listen. I'm just I'm for Black America. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm for Black America. Everybody else, listen. We've been Black America have been trying to help, heal, support all, everybody else for, for for since we've been here. Not my problem. That, that, that's not my issue. Like that's not my issue. Like you, you, you've had what you've had, the privileges you've had because you were white, you've had them. Mm. 
My time now. Time's up. That's right. Now my not my issue. You know, and, and, it's, and it's not it is not being. I mean, that's there's an aspect of God that folks don't want to embrace. That He is definite. He is a matter of fact. Listen, God can love you like you've never been loved before, but then He'll cut you off, like He never knew who you were. So remember, Jesus is gonna say this. Folks are gonna say, Lord, Lord, did not did not do it. Right. Get away from me. Never knew. Get away from me. I don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Like 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 God can love you. Love your socks right off you, but then, but then it get to the point the, after he's after he's suffered long with you, cut you off in a minute. Yeah. That's but that's even that's in love. <laughs> even that's in love because if I cut you off, then you're gonna yearn for me. Then you're gonna see what it's really like to be without me. That's why I say, Bible. He said he gave him up. He he had to give he had to give man up to to reprobate the mind. Said, okay, you go ahead, have it your way, do your thing. I'll be over here when you need me. Even that's in love, right? It's tough, but it's love, right? So I get it. It's hard. I know it is. Like I was talking to, I was talking to a believer. <laughs> well, what about me? I'm struggling too. I get that. I understand that. Understood. <laughs> but guess what? No that's not problem. my issue. That's not my problem. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I'll help you. I'm going to bless you now. Once I get mine good, I'm gonna, I'll come back and look for you. But right now, this is what it's about. It's about reparation. And that is where God is with the civil unjust that's taken place in America for the past 400 years. That's where he is right now. It's just what it's his heart. I'm talking about, as I was writing this book, I just felt the love that God has for black America. And I really want black America to see this. And I know, I know we call Christianity the white man's religion. They've hijacked everything. What folks don't understand, the Europeans hijacked everything. They even hijacked God. And they presented God as a white man. When, when there's scientific proof, that Adam and Eve was black. There's scientific proof. There's DNA proof. They proved it, right? You can't get you can't get black from white when it comes to pigmentation, but you can get white from black, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That don't mean that don't mean black folks are superior. We're all created equal, but give me give me what's mine. Right. I mean, <laughs> let's get this thing right. right. <laughs> I didn't come from you. My pigmentation is not a curse. Mm. Like they try to say, the curse right. of Ham. The Bible don't say Ham was cursed. It says Canaan was cursed. It says Ham was blessed. But Canaan was cursed. You can't curse what God has blessed. One of the, one of the, one of the um, folks tried to do that, one of the prophets from, from, tried to do that in the Old Testament when he tried to pronounce a curse on God's people, and the curse came on them. You can't mm-hmm. curse what God has blessed. Early in, the, in Genesis chapter 8, I believe it is, the Bible proclaimed that God called Noah's sons blessed. But later on, after, after um, Ham saw the nakedness of his father and didn't cover him, he, he said, curse be Canaan. He didn't say curse be Ham. Ham had four other sons. He had three other sons. Canaan got dealt with by, um, by um, Israel and when they, when, they, when they took the land from him, and, and, and that curse was played out in that instance. But Ham had three other sons. Canaan wasn't the only one. Them folks blessed. Black folks blessed. Mm. Noah was black. It's been proven. Right. Listen, everybody come from Africa. That's what everybody I come from Africa <laughs> because that's where they kind of pinpointed where the Garden of Eden was. Right. So so really to call ourselves African-American, white folks can call themselves African-American because they come from Africa. Really, if we really if we really want to get down to it, yeah. I know we weren't supposed to be going that direction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's really what it's we about. Here. So we 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 have we have to deal with the real issues. And it's tough. I know it is. But they hijacked the they hijacked the gospel. They put white folk, Jesus, white man, God, white, you know, all the characters in the Bible are white. That stuff wasn't like that. 
wasn't like that. You know, so we can't we can't allow their what's happened historically to distort what what what's the will of God now. Because right now, I feel, I'm talking about God has a love for Black America. His heart beats for Black America. He's yearning to see Black America come out of the poverty, but he needs Black America to do something as well. Mm. Right? Uh, again, I go in, I go into that in the book. <laughs> Um, um, this is about the book. This is the show is about promoting the book. Just so, just so we click. <laughs> so I go into that how how there's a responsibility for Black America to believe God, right? There was something that God gave to Moses to tell the, the people of Egypt to do in order for them to be reparated. We have to we have to follow those same instructions. I'll give you one of those things. They have to unify. We have to unify. We have to unify. Israel had to move in unity in order for them to receive reparations. If black America don't come together and we move in unity, that's why I love what Puff Daddy's doing. If we don't move in unity, it's going to be tough for us to get what God has for us. We have to move in unity. Now, what that looks like, how do we get there? I don't know, but we're going to get there, one way or the other, right? One of the things God showed me, and this is actually not in the book, one of the things that God showed me was you don't need 100% of the whole. He took me to Gideon. Gideon, Gideon, Gideon thought he needed a whole bunch. He only needed 300, mm -hmm. right? So I'm not saying we're going to need all 45 million black Americans to be on the same page. No, that's that ain't going to happen. We need a remnant. We need a remnant, right? And um, there is a, um, there's a, um, any, an equation they use in business on how to transform the character of a business is you got to win a certain percentage of them at a time. You know, that, that initial percentage is 17%, right? Which is called, those are, those are your innovators. Those are the ones who embrace the movement early. Those are the ones who won't fire for it. Those are the ones who love the idea and they just want to support it, right? Once you get them, now you can work on getting the, the, what, they, what, would be the, what would be the mainstream and then you got your, your late mainstream and then you got, you know, the, 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 the other, other folks they call laggards. They, they, they can come and go. You right. Take it or leave it. Right. So that, that's another, that represents another 17%. So we're really only talking about really capturing it's like, what would that be? What would that be 68%? What's, what's 100 minus 17? What's that, 63? 73? 63. 63, 73? What is that? 63, 73? What is that? You said 100 minus 100 17? 100 minus 17. Oh, no, that's 80. 83. 83. 83. That's 83. Yeah. So we're only talking about 83, 83%. That we eventually got to embrace this thing. We, so that one of the things, again, the point is, one of the things that God if black America is going to get the reparations that we deserve, we got to unify. Instead of fussing and cussing and trying to, what's it called? What they call Ice Cube? What they trying to do Ice Cube? Cancel him. Trying to cancel Ice Cube mm -hmm. because he's trying to talk to whoever's in power right now. They're in power right now. They need us right now. Republicans need us right now. Mm -hmm. Right? So we got to learn to leverage and capitalize on their need. They've been doing that to us for the 400 years. Right. We got to capitalize on that need. And so... We just had a conversation. But we don't unify. We don't get by. We, we cancel them. We call them a sellout. We call them a coon. Ice Cube a coon. Like, Ice Cube been fighting for black America since, 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 since F the police. Right. Right. Like, since he been NWA. talking about this for a long right. time. Yep. Now he a sellout because he had one 30-minute meeting with somebody. Yeah. The people who's in power. What if they win? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, so, so we got to get to the point to where we unify. The Bible says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There lies the power of the anointing. Psalm 133. There lies the power 
See, we got, it's, it's beautiful when, just imagine black America unified in one accord, speaking the same thing, thinking the same thing, asking for the same thing. They got to give it to us. We go into that in the book. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, we can end it with this, but a while ago you were saying that, you know, since 1865 we haven't seen any, any type of wealth or anything like that. Can you go into the, the wealthy gap and the maldistribution of wealth in America right oh, now? Man. We can end oh, it so there. what we're touching on now, obvious. Again, again, it's salvation. It's salvation. The Bible says like this. It says, it says um, uh, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about um, the wealth of the earth is for all. It says even the king profits from the wealth of the earth. Right? So God put resources in the earth that he in the beginning of time that he knew we would need in 2020. He put resources, he put gold, he put silver, he put oil, he put minerals, he put, he put all the things we need, but he put everything in the earth. So to God, the way wealth is created is through land. That's why they called it the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey. Well, land is the key to wealth creation. Property is the key. And within land is the resources. Like right now, Africa is the richest continent in, on earth. Black folks should be the most wealthiest people on earth. I mean, that's basically what it's saying. Black folk is in Africa. Like, that's where we're from. Like, it's the, we should be the world. But again, Europe came, tricked us up, you know, got us to, you know, do whatever happened to, I don't know all the details of that, brother, 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 um, uh, Dr. Claude Anderson can tell you more than, better than I can of what took place during that time. But they, 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 they extorted, they did whatever they did to get into the land and take all the resources out of the land. And so, now we're left to really fend for whatever we can get. So when it comes to the America, though, after um, America was discovered and um, they re recognized and they saw all of the land that was here for, I'm going to say it this way, for the taking. Because you had folks here already, but it was here for the taking. So what they did was they put a plan together to take it, right? And they knew they would need more Europeans to come over here to help them take it and cultivate it and do all those things. and they ended up coming up with this American dream thing. Mm -hmm. And what they marketed was you can come here, you can get, you have, you can uh, have life, liberty, and property, free property and free labor, right? See, black folks, black folks wasn't included in the American dream. You were the American dream. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You were a part of that property. Mm -hmm. We were the American dream. So black folks running around here talking about living the American dream. No, 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 no. You were the American dream. <laughs> Right? You was a part of the property that they spoke of, and they proved that. So during that time, the U.S. government maldistributed all of the wealth, in this case, the land, to the dominant white society. Right, Something like three billion acres of land they gave to railroads and individuals and families and corporations. They just gave all the land away. But when they freed black America, which according to the Bible, when you free a slave, you're supposed to free him and you're supposed to give him from your wealth so that he can go out and build for himself and fend for himself. They didn't give us a thing. Even when General Sherman tried to give us our 40 acres and a mule based on Special, special Order 45, once Lincoln was assassinated, the president came in and reversed that, gave the land back to the, to the southern slave owners who lost the land, then paid them for the slaves that they lost. I shouldn't say paid, reparated them for the slaves they lost. Mm -hmm. So it ain't like America ain't been reparating folk. They've been giving reparations for a long time. I go into the book about of all of the people that America's reparated from all from China to Japan to 
you know, everybody they've reparated, right? And all the, all the people that's been reparated throughout, throughout the history of, of the world. Sadly, there's only one people who hasn't been reparated for the injuries that they've occurred due to another, due to the abuse and the oppression of a, another dominant society, and that's been black America. But again, now it's time. God's fed up with it. He's fed up with it. He's fed up with it. And we have to do something as black America. We got to play our part. We got to play our role, right? Because there's been a maldistribution, that's why you owe me. Because what you should have gave me back then, you, you got to give it to me now. Well, I didn't own any slaves back then. That's okay. The Bible says <laughs> that he'll visit the iniquity of the fathers down to the fourth generation. In God's mind, a generation is 100 years. Remember, he told, he told Abraham, your, 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 um, your children will be in bondage for 400 years or four generations. So 100 years is equivalent to one generation of God. 1619, 2019, 400 years. So the iniquity of the fathers back in 1619, that word iniquity means to visit, to hold accountable, to make, to repay. That's literally what the word visit means in that, in that particular scripture. In, uh, I think it's Exodus. I'll visit the iniquities of the fathers upon their children down to the fourth generation. That's 400 years. So you didn't have to own a slave. Listen, you didn't have to whoop and lynch and steal and rape. For that iniquity that you haven't, you haven't lifted a finger to try to repair the right. injuries and the systemic racist construct, you haven't tried to change at all. Mm -hmm. So you're complicit in the iniquity that goes back 400 years. Mm -hmm. But they don't want to think like that. Right. Even if you take it, you know, just a piece of the advantage that, that you have, still complicit. You're complicit. Right. right. The white privilege you've lived with mm -hmm. all your life was because of what they did. I don't see you denying that. Right. Right. You don't want lead a country then. Yep. You don't want to pay up, lead a country. Yep. Don't sell your house, give it up. Leave. Just <laughs> give it up, right. Because technically that, that's a part of that's that's built into the construct. Is that is that is that white privilege is built into the construct. It's built into the construct. I had this thought, right? So there's a reason why Donald Trump, there's a reason why those who support him, there's a reason why Vice president can get on TV and say they don't believe that there's systemic racism. Because in their mind, it's not. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Like, it's supposed to be white privilege. You're supposed to be suppressed. You're supposed to be the lower class. So in their mind, see, we got to learn to think. So what they say that we get all in the uproar. We get all in the uproar. You heard what he said? Wait, wait, wait. That shouldn't surprise you. Right, right. In their mind, it's not. Because that's how it's supposed to be. Make America great again is in reference to that. White, the, the, the dominant society should be white folk. Let's get back to that. It, don't, it shouldn't surprise you. It should make you want to come together and unify all the more. And take from them, if that means I got, see, in business, I don't got to like you to do business with you. Right. Because the bottom line of business is what? Money. Money. Give me them dollars so that I can do what God has called me to do. Yep. I don't have to like you to do business with you. I had a lot of folks I used to train. I could, listen, <laughs> a lot of folks I used to do business with, listen, wouldn't drink a glass of water with them. But this is about business. Mm -hmm. This is about business. If I got to sit down with him, I'll sit down with him. Give me what's mine. Adios. 
Because we don't think like that. It's, 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 the Bible says like this. It says in Isaiah 66, it says, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder, Lord, because the darkness that's demonstrated by black America at times is like, Lord, we're better than this. We're better than this. We're too intelligent to be acting like this. But so do you think it's it do you think it's more of a because ultimately it, it, it depends on it depends on what the leadership is, right? If the leadership is the church, how do we engage that that leadership? How do we get that leadership to make that the focus? Well, I think part of it is there, there needs to be an awareness. So, so what we talk about in the book, like, and I'm not the only one. There's a, a brother Michael Moore out of Alabama. I, I've been listening to. It. He got a teaching called the muted, uh, called the muted voice, and he talks about how the church has been complicit because of its silence, and how he's trying to get the church to open up and begin to be, use their voice to um, to make aware to society and to our government. This is not the way things are supposed to be operating. We're not supposed to be functioning like this as as a government. I think part of that is as we do, th- as, as, as God raises up leaders to bring forth this revelation, this kind of revelation, that's not your traditional religious presentation of the gospel. That's not presenting Jesus as a religious figure, but presenting him as a king, which makes him a governmental figure, which makes him an entrepreneur, which gives him a focus on the economics for all the people. So it, it comes down to that, the preaching of the gospel, the way Jesus prevented, pre- presented the gospel. And, and there are people that God is raising up. We've got to believe that. It may not be the mainstream because the mainstream is going to be the mainstream. Remember, the mainstream is influenced by the current social um, white societal construct. That's what the mainstream is, is influenced by. But there's a remnant. There's a rumbling. There's a revelation. There's a revolution that's rising of believers, black and white, that has a revelation and that's going to receive the revelation that Jesus came as a king. And, they, and what epitomizes Jesus' kingship is the same thing that epitomizes David's kingship, which was judgment and justice. The gospel is about establishing judgment and justice. Judgment and justice. Judgment meaning the judicial construct of the judicial laws. The church should be the influence or the mind behind the judicial practices of our country. From our criminal justice system to, our, to, uh, to the laws of how you do business. It has to be from the church. We've allowed the state to separate itself from the church, and that should never be. And again, I'm speaking generally. There's pockets of places in our country where the church don't nothing take place in that particular locale unless they go to the pastor, certain church or, or organizations. But, you know, we have, to, we have to start there. We have to start with, with me doing what God has called me to do and putting this work together, which I know is challenging, which I know is going to be difficult to receive, which I know I'm going to catch a lot of heat for. I know it. But, 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 you know, if God be for me, I ain't worried about nobody else. That's right. I mean, <laughs> that's I, I, can't, right. I can't worry about nobody else. And, that, and that's really what it comes down to is, um, you know, believing that and being obedient to, to say what God has called you to say. Like Jamal Tins, Tinsby putting this, this, this color compromise. I know he caught a lot of heat for that because it makes the church look bad. But it is what it is. It is what it is. That's what took place. We got to live up to it. We got to deal with it, you know. That's good. Okay. <laughs> I think we uh, dove into some good stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. For this one. So thank you for listening to Salvation Solutions, and we will get into more on our next one. Have a blessed <laughs>